Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. A thrilling way to head into the All-Star break. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Philly won a great game, 123-120 over the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. Before we jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Always appreciate a five-star review as well. And of course, check us out online at libertyballers.com. One of the men behind the magic you see at Liberty Ballers, Mr. Paul Hudrick. Paul, how are you feeling after that game? Because that, to me, was one of the best ones I've seen. It doesn't matter from any team all season. When you consider the context, <laughs> I, it's you, you could argue is the Sixers' biggest one of the season. Just, you know, coming off just an utterly embarrassing loss the other night. Uh, they're clearly their worst loss of the season, one of their worst losses of the last decade. Um, to come out with this effort against the defending champions. Um, and oh, yeah, James Harden is waiting in the wings for you after the All Star break. Uh, it, it's just such an impressive win. And in, in every capacity, um, you know, uh, I thought both ends of the floor, I thought they came up with huge stops and they need to. They hit some huge shots when they had to. Uh, wasn't pretty as we talked about pre podcast. I, you know, uh, I wouldn't blame people if they kind of thought maybe they were going to blow it there at the end. Um, some shooting variants. I mean, that happens. They, they, you know, they were really hot and that's especially in that second quarter. They put up 45 points. And the Bucks, of course, were going to even it out a little bit. Giannis really got going. Um, he was really awesome in the fourth. Um, just hit some really tough shots. And I thought that's what was like was really cool about this game, Jazz, is like down the stretch. I thought both teams executed really well. It's just the Sixers made like simply they made more shots. They made bigger shots down the stretch than the Bucks did, but just a, a really well-played game on both ends by both teams. And again, for the Sixers, given the context and, and you know, going into the all-star break now with this win, knowing you have James Harden on the other side, I mean, <laughs> like they have to be feeling so good right now. Well, yeah, Paul. And I mean, this game felt like a playoff game. You know what I mean? Maybe not like yeah. a game seven, but a game one, game two of a series where both teams are bringing everything they have. Both teams made mistakes. We're able to, you know, counter those. The Sixers were down 12 at one point in the second quarter. And it looked like, oh, you know, the Bucks are going to run away with this one. And then they went on this crazy 28 to eight run, scored 45 points in the second quarter alone and had an eight point lead at the break. And then the way Milwaukee kind of came back slowly and but surely kind of chipped away at that lead. Uh, you're watching this game. Let's give Doc Rivers some credit because that's something we haven't done a lot on our podcast network. And I don't think uh, he's got a ton of credit around the NBA, Paul, but uh, made some changes to the starting lineup, put George Niang in. He played 40 minutes in this one, hit five of 10 three-pointers and some big makes, as you mentioned. He's one of those guys that, that did hit some big shots for them. Uh, went with Ferk in the starting lineup to start the second half over Matisse Thybul. And Ferk played one of his best games I think we've seen all season with 13 points seven boards. Uh, he played 30 minutes in this one. So when you look at 
how and why Doc made these changes. Does that give you some hope going forward that maybe he's starting to look at things? Because to me, having Tobias Harris, having George Niang guarding Giannis, it paid off. And I, and I like the move that he made here today in this one. And I think for once, we're not talking about a Doc error that cost the Sixers a win. We're talking about something that he did well that maybe got them a, a victory in this one. Well, let's not get carried away, Jazz. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, he's still trotting out that. I don't know what that lineup was to start the, the all, quarter. Oh, yeah. The uh, all bench, basically. It, it was really bad. Um, but no, I, but you're right. Absolutely. Credit credits where it's credit where it's due, because, you know, he, he for whatever reason, he had that hunch to start in the Yang and the Yang was awesome tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, both ends of the floor, um, you know, clearly hit some huge threes. He was five of ten for three tonight. And as you mentioned, defensively he was guarding Giannis and he, he held up he really did I mean granted it, it was team defense that that kind of kept Giannis in check because you know Giannis still had a great game but he wasn't he didn't go off which he has done many times in his careers against in his career against the Sixers you know 32 points 13 to 23 he, he was good he was really really good but he didn't go for 50 like or you know out in the high 40s which he has done to the Sixers as I said many many times um, so the Yang really just hanging with him and hanging tough. Tobias Harris has really stepped up. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because he's really stepped it up defensively recently. I know during the Cleveland game, Doc actually mentioned that Tobias Harris had let me guard Darius Garland. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want that matchup. Let me do it. And he did and handled it quite well. So to see, you know, the, those two guys step up on the defensive end and both guys really stepped up on the offensive end too. Tobias Harris, what a difference it, it, from, from the other night with him. I mean, he was, he was awful against the Celtics. There's no other way to put it. He was just really, uh, really uh, tentative and just he had he had matchups against against Peyton Pritchard and just didn't shoot the ball. It was it was just like a really odd, bad game for Tobias against the Celtics. And I thought he bounced back big time tonight and was really aggressive early and kind of, you know, to your point, you know, they get down 12 points early. I thought Tobias kind of held, you know, kind of kept them in the game a little bit with his offense. And then down the stretch, it was really in B just took the damn thing over. Um, but really, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Furkan Korkmaz as well. Yeah. Another good hunch from doc rivers, Matisse Stiebel really struggled tonight and it's a tough matchup for him because the reason you play Matisse Stiebel is because you want him to guard the, the, the opponent's best player. Mm-hmm. He can't guard Giannis. I mean, flat out, he just doesn't have the size to do it. So when that's kind of negated, it's tough to play him because teams will just pack the paint and, and you know, and leave him wide open essentially. So it was, it was an excellent adjustment by doc, but you also do have to give Cork Moss credit because it, it hasn't been a good season for Cork Moss. He's really struggled this year. And he, I would, I don't think it's, uh, I would go out, be going on a limb to say this was his best game of the season. When you consider who it was against, when you consider the circumstances, when you consider him coming down with a huge rebound against Giannis, even though they called the jump ball, which, I don't know how that's a jump ball when Giannis literally has his wrist grabbed, um, but hits him again, timely shots, you know, three or four from three. And it's a bigger picture thing that, you know, we don't have enough time for this podcast to get into, but I kind of tweeted about it earlier where the buyout market, I don't know how many wings are actually going to be out there when all is said and done, but man, this team, I I am slightly concerned uh, about the wing depth on this basketball team. Um, when you consider what teams can do against Matisse Thibel, Danny Green, I don't know if maybe he's not 100%, only played 13 minutes tonight. Uh, but Furkan Korkmaz stepped up. You give him all the credit in the world. He played 30 minutes, like you said, played, you know, ha- hung in there on defense, which is all you can ask of him. Had seven rebounds, which is huge, and, and nailed some timely shots. So, yeah, 
you know, didn't love that lineup rolled out in the fourth quarter. But overall, I do think Doc Rivers actually did coach a hell of a game. And Paul, as we know now, we won't expect a good game from Furry till some point in mid-March, right? That's just the way it's going to. That's the way it's going to happen. <laughs> Probably, <this> but, most <laughs> likely. I <laughs> uh, want to bring out a couple more things from this one, uh, Paul. Tyrese Maxey, brilliant in the second quarter. I mentioned there earlier on that the Sixers were, were down by twelve, and it looked like this game might get away from them, considering how good Milwaukee is, basically at full health minus Brook Lopez. But uh, he had fourteen points there. So aggressive, getting to the hoop, hit all ten of his free throws. I believe he was ten for ten. Uh, last I, I, when I checked the numbers there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but looking at what he was able to do, and there was a moment in that second quarter where he hit this nice and one. It was a runner and James Harden, the TNT cameras, you know, zoomed in on him. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. You know, saying it almost <laughs> to, to Maxi. How much do you think having Harden on the roster and practicing with him every day? Because I, again, I'm not comparing their games, but just in terms of what we see from Maxi in terms of the finishing with the runners, uh, the way he gets to the rim and is, and is able to kind of finish over defenders. What do you, how much do you think it's going to impact him going forward? And how much do you think it'll help his growth as, as a player? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about one of the, one of the greatest pick and roll basketball players to ever play the sport in James Harden. So, you know, and, and it's not just, you know, I, I think James Harden probably doesn't get enough credit for how smart he is. Um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of narratives about him and his game and all that, but the reason he's so good in the pick and roll is that he just really reads defenses so well, um, knows when to make that pocket pass, knows when to get to the paint, knows when to step back and take that three. Just his decision-making is just, like I said, historically good. So yeah, any advantage that Tyrese Maxey is can get from a guy like that is huge. And I did think, cause I, you know, at, at the press conference, I was actually the one that asked James Harden, like, what have you seen from Tyrese Maxey? And you know, what, how do you think you guys are going to mesh? And he was very clear. Like I am here to help Tyrese Maxey. Like I'm not here to take anything away from Tyrese Maxey. I am here to help him. And yeah, I mean, it, it's not a coincidence that they call it, you know, the bucks go on a run. The Sixers call a timeout. James Harden is in Tyrese Maxey's ear. And then Maxey just goes nuts for the next, what, like five minutes of the game. Mm -hmm. I think he scored, you know, most the bulk of his points were, were in that run in the second quarter. And yeah, I mean, clearly whatever Harden said to Maxi, it worked um, and it worked quite well. So it, it's a huge benefit to a 21 year old kid who's never really played the point guard position to have a guy uh, again, one, one of the historically best perimeter playmakers in NBA history in his ear, seeing what he sees and letting Maxi know what he sees. Yeah, it, it's huge. And it was mentioned on the broadcast and it is a good point by Doc Rivers um, that, you know, Maxi's isn't a traditional point guard. He's never really played that in his career, whereas James Harden really has done that. So I, I think there is room for those two guys to play together and to play off of each other. But with that said, I, I think, you know, staggering those two makes the most sense. And I love the idea of Harden just being another, another, another shoulder and another, um, you know, another, another person, you know, whether it's, you know, Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell, now James Harden, another guy for, for, for Maxi to really lean on to learn more of the nuances of the point guard position and just really keep developing. Uh, Paul, you, you mentioned the wing depth or lack of for, for Philly looking at this, when Harden does play and we're hoping we get to see him next Friday when, when the Sixers come back from the break and, and take on Minnesota uh, on the road there, when you're looking at, at, at this game uh, or that Harden's arrival, do you think that'll, obviously it does help with the depth overall, but how do you think that rotation is going to shake out? Cause I'm assuming we're going to see, Tobias Harris, Harden, Embiid, Maxi, Thibel as your starting lineup. 
And then maybe as your next group of guys there, you're going to have obviously George Niang, who's, who's played himself into like Philly lore right now, just with what he's been doing this season. <laughs> uh, you're going to have Paul Millsap looked okay. He had 11 minutes in this one. We haven't talked about him much, uh, but he might be, be getting some run. Paul Reed, I, I know you like him a lot as well. Charles Bassey, these guys are different options at the big man spot along with Millsap. But then you'll have Green, Milton, you know, Ferk. Do you think that'll help the Sixers kind of mask that deficiency that they have in terms of the lack of, of wing depth? Definitely. Uh, just having, you know, especially when you go forward, like when you're looking at playoffs, um, when you're kind of looking to the scope of that, you have Embiid, you have Maxi, you have Harden, you have Tobias Harris. They're all going to play 40 plus minutes, right? I mean, in the playoffs and the games get tough. I mean, that's a lot of minutes amongst four guys. So after that, um, as you mentioned, Millsap, I, to me tonight, I mean, he he's kind of the leader in the clubhouse for those backup five minutes. And I, and you're right. I love Paul Reed. I've loved Paul Reed since the moment they drafted him. I, I mean, I, I loved him before that. I thought that was, you know, when they made that pick, I was very excited about it. But you can just see the difference a, a guy like Millsap makes just knowing how to play the game. Um, you know, the little nuances of, you know, uh, the, the, the extra pass he makes, you know, the way he sets screens, the way he rolls, knowing when to roll, when to pop. I mean, just the feel he has for the game you can see the difference it makes. Um, but again, that's like 10 minutes. That's all you're asking of Paul Millsap. Give me 10 minutes um, when you have, when you're backing up the greatest player on the planet right now, that that's all you're asking of him. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, Thibault and green, I, I think it, it's kind of the matchups might dictate who you start. Perhaps if you need a little bit more shooting, because, you know, with a guy like Harden and what he does and how he creates, Having Danny Green posted up in a corner isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, if you have a team that just has a really explosive perimeter playmaker, you're, you're going to need Matisse Thibel out there to kind of slow him down. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Doc maybe intersplice those two guys, you know, in and out of the lineup. Maybe with the how well it worked tonight, if you have a team that's a little bit on the bigger side, maybe you go with George Niang because it worked pretty damn well tonight. So uh, I think Doc's going to have to experiment a little bit and figure some things out and, and mix and match some guys. But certainly, just adding another player to the mix that's going to play huge minutes when the playoffs arrive, it's it, it, that will help the the wing depth, um, and it will help space some things out. Now, will Doc Rivers not be so stubborn and and you know shorten that rotation up once the playoffs come? I I really really hope so. Yeah, we well, we know Doc not exactly known to make adjustments, but hey, don't be allergic to him, Doc. We saw it work. We saw it work in this one. He made uh, two great ones, and they worked. And they worked. Yeah. It, so again, don't don't be scared, <laughs> Doc Rivers. It's okay to to change up your game plan on the fly depending on the game flow. Uh, also, Paul, funny funny thing here. We've we've been talking for about fifteen minutes. Uh, no mention of the fact that Joel Embiid had 42 points and 14 rebounds. <laughs> That's how much we've just come to expect him to be great. Normal. Uh, also yeah. added a hardened step back three that we saw as well. So maybe James Harden <laughs> uh, adding that to him. Just uh, a quick thought on, on how good you think Embiid is and, and the level he's playing at right now heading into the All-Star break. Yeah, you, you know, you, you mentioned the points and like, you're right. Like it, it's so routine now for us at this point. Like it's, we're like almost numb to it because of how great he's been. But you know what stood out to me is late in the fourth quarter, um, as I mentioned before, Giannis was really getting going. He had some tough shots. He had a, he had a couple threes. He had a mid-range shot. I mean, he just was like, they were guarding him the best you could guard him, and he was just unstoppable. He was just making really tough shots. But then late in the game, you know, it's under two minutes to go, and it's like, okay, you pull out all the stops, and Bede's got to guard Giannis. Like, this is the way it's got to go. And then he forces Giannis to, in, into a turnover. And it's like, wow, like it was just 
it's just mind blowing how good this guy is on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, you can't have him guard Giannis all game long because of foul trouble and because you need him on the offensive end. So you just need his energy. But when the game was on the line under two minutes left, you put him on Giannis and he comes up with a huge stop um, in a really close game. So to me, that's what kind of, and this is, I hate that we get into this weird thing where we like, where we have to shit on another player to praise another player. Like, I hate that. Uh, like when like, you know, you want to compare him and Jokic, Nikola Jokic is amazing. He's the reigning MVP of this league. He's a great basketball player and his defense. He has come a long way on that end of the floor. He is so improved, but there is no way you're going to tell me that the Denver Nuggets in a, in the guts of a game against the Milwaukee Bucks would have Jokic guarding Giannis and feel good about it. Like that's not going to happen. Um, so I think that's like what separates him and like how good and historically good he's been offensively. And just, this is the stuff he does, you know, at the end of games, just that extra gear, the extra notch he adds to this team defensively. I think that's the difference between him and some other players right now. And just, yeah, I, I, it's so hard to, to I, I like I'm running out of ways to describe it. Like there's like the adjectives are just like they're dry right now because he's been so great all season long. And he's just it's just another notch in the belt of great performances. And again, now you're just adding James Harden to the mix. I just I can't wait to see what it looks like when they both play together. And I do. Embiid has said it many times since the trade went down. And it is crazy to think about. Embiid has never had a player make the game easy for him. Um, the closest thing we've seen is Jimmy Butler. And with all due respect to Jimmy Butler, who is great, who was great when he was here, he ain't James Harden. Um, so to put a guy like Harden out there, to make the game so much easier for Embiid, who already is making the game look ridiculously easy. Like, I, I can't wait to see it. Oh, same here. And uh, yeah, we got to see a little bit. Uh, Rich Hoffman at The Athletic posted a, a video of, of the Sixers wrapping up practice and, and shoot around and, and them on the court together. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And I don't think you look at Harden's track record in the NBA. Sure, he had Dwight in 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 Houston, who's a completely different big man than, than Embiid, but hasn't played with a, a, a guy, a seven-footer, at, at Joel's level. So I think, you know, making that pairing work, uh, I'm excited to see how it all turns out. And especially over the last 24 games, they're going to have some time to iron out those kinks. Want to jump into the bigger picture in the Eastern Conference. We are now officially at the All-Star break, meaning the standings aren't going to change at least for the next week. We'll do that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, Paul, quick thoughts here before we wrap things up. Looking at the Eastern Conference standings with the win over the Bucks, the Sixers are now in third sitting at 35 and 23, as I mentioned before the break there. Still have 24 games left. They're two and a half back of Miami and Chicago, both those squads tied for the top spot. And then you got Cleveland, Milwaukee, also tied with the Sixers at two and a half. Boston, been on a tear, finally lost the game after winning nine in a row. Uh, the Celtics sitting four and a half back of Miami and Chicago. And then you got the Raptors, the Nets, who I assume if KD and Ben Simmons hit the court anytime soon will make their move up the standings as well. But when you're looking at this, where do you think it's important for the Sixers to finish in the standings? Because I'm, I'm looking at this, you know, basically throughout most of my adult life, the Western Conference has been the more dominant conference in terms of depth. That has completely changed this season. The, the Eastern Conference, I don't think you're going to see, you know, a 55, maybe 60 win team uh, just because of the depth of the conference, not because there isn't a good squad out there, whereas Phoenix and Golden State, kind of the cream of the crop in the West and, and Memphis obviously making its charge. 
But when you're looking at this for the Sixers, like to me, finishing in that four or five spot and potentially playing Milwaukee in round one, let's say Brooklyn moves up as fascinating, fascinating as it would be, not exactly a good thing for the Sixers title chances, not saying they can't beat those teams, but how important is it? Do you think now that they're right there, like I mentioned, they're two and a half behind Chicago and Miami. How important is it? Do you think that they can try and get up to either a one or two where you're facing uh, one of the play-in teams that makes it into the playoffs come time for April? You know, if I, if I'm being honest, I, I think it's, you have to, to me, it's just the top three. I think you have to be in the top three to kind of, to, to be in a good position for home court and all that. And, but like the bottom of the East is really good. Um, kind of like you already hinted at, like the East is so much better than the West. I mean, the West is just so top heavy right now. I mean, they, the, the top four teams are great. And then it's just a significant drop off after that. Um, but in the East, it, it's like one through 10. <laughs> They're all mm-hmm. pretty damn good teams. Um, you even look at like the Atlanta Hawks lurking, um, they're going to be a playing team and they're, they might win a game and they, they're probably going to give, you know, a one or two or a three seed, a really tough matchup. Um, Toronto, the way they played, you know, the, I worry about their depth a little bit, but they played really good basketball. Um, Charlotte's not an easy out. They're a really difficult team. Like you said, Brooklyn, they're going to get healthy eventually. And it's, it's, that's going to be a really exciting thing to watch. Boston is the real deal. Their defense is 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 championship level. They you saw what they did to the Sixers. That wasn't a fluke. Um, maybe the shooting was a fluke, but the defense was not. They they can really defend. Um, so to me, I'll say this though, Jazz. Like all of that said, the team I kind of feared the most was the team that the Sixers just played tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. and they just beat them on the road without James Harden. So. Not to say like that's you know that 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 means they're gonna easily win a seven game series or whatever, but the East is just so good. I think it's just really gonna be about a matchup, and you just have to hope if you're the Sixers, you get a good matchup. But top three, I think, is 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 probably where you want to be. And with that said, health I think matters more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like if the Sixers are the four seed, but James Harden and Joel Embiid are going into the first round one hundred percent healthy. That matters more than if they're limping into being the one seed. You know what I mean? Like it's seeding is is, it's it's kind of important, but it's not that important. I think the fact that there's so much parity in the East makes it even less important. It's no matter what in the Eastern Conference, I think you're getting a tough series no matter what. Is there any team that you prefer to play in round one? Let's say you take away Charlotte and and Atlanta because no disrespect to those squads, as you mentioned, you know, playing against the LaMelo ball, Trey Young in a seven game series, not going to be easy. But if you're looking at and even take the Raptors out of that equation, let's say it's Brooklyn, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Chicago, Miami. Is there any team you would prefer the Sixers to play in the first round? I, I'm leaning towards it would be the Cavs or no? Oh, definitely. I mean, you'd have to say the Cavaliers just and it's that's no disrespect to them. It's just a young basketball team. Um and, you know, as good as Jared Allen is, as great of a year he's having a well-deserved all-star nod for him, he can't handle Joel Embiid. He's, he's never been able to. And that's it's, like no one's able to handle Joel Embiid, right? So, I mean, it's no, mm-hmm. it's no knock against him. And I think a lot of people going into that Cleveland game, you know, last week, people thought like, oh, man, this Cleveland team could be a really tough matchup for Joel Embiid because you have Jared Allen, you have Evan Mobley on the back end. Nah, not so much. Um, Joel Embiid was still Joel Embiid. And so, yeah, I, I think their inexperience is the reason why if you're looking at all those teams, that's the team you want. But 
at the same time, it's that's still it's not going to be an easy series. Um, when you look at what Darius Garland has done this year and uh, what those, uh, those the, the two bigs I mentioned, what they have done this year, that wouldn't be a fun matchup either. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess Cleveland's the team, but they're again, there's just there's no good matchup. I, I think the Sixers, you just have to roll the dice and just, you know, the reason you went out and got James Harden is because you believed he made you a championship team. So. You have to just have the mentality of, all right, whoever we got, we're going to be better than them, and we just have to play our game. Well, Paul, we are excited to see what James Harden brings. We're excited to see how this season is going to finish the Sixers, as we've talked about right there in terms of trying to get to that one seed. will remains to be seen how they do over their final 24 games. But I'll gladly say, take a break, Mr. Paul. You're finally going to have some time <laughs> off. It's NBA All-Star break. We're going to be... Uh, shutting down a little bit so we can get some rest as well. But thank you for burning the midnight oil and coming on to do this uh, episode with me. Always fun talking with you, man. Yeah, you got it. Hey, and listen, uh, you know, I have a newborn still, so it's not, there's still no breaks. It's just, it's a different kind of work. <laughs> yeah, you'll get to close your eyes for about four minutes here and then you'll have to wake <laughs> exactly. up and cry baby again. <laughs> yeah. All right. All I right. My baby monitor did go off at one point during this podcast and I apologize. For no, that. we didn't hear it. We just know your heart rate went up. That's all we can hear. Right, Paul? So, <laughs> no, we're doing good. Thank you. Uh, thank you again for doing that. That's Mr. Paul Hudrick. You can catch him on libertyballers.com. He's one of the, the, the main producer there, but we've got a ton of talented writers. As I mentioned before, Jackson Frank. Harrison Gribb, Steve Lipman, Tom West. I can go down the line. Dave Early, all do great work there. And of course, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. We are there. Always appreciate a five-star review as well. Enjoy the all-star break. We'll be back with the Talking About Podcast tomorrow with Sean and then the Gastroenteritis Blues on Sunday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.